the names of Hashem are not referring to names which are describing Hashem by, but rather we're coming to the Apukah, to exclude the opposite. So, in other words, it's not an accurate title of Hashem because it's something physical or nature which doesn't apply to Hashem. But what we mean is that it's easier to explain Hashem in terms of the way we do because we're coming to say that it's not the contrary. And therefore, even though the way the Kuzari explains it, light and dark, a physical concept, don't apply to Hashem. So when we say Hashem is or, we don't mean Hashem is light. Light something physical. What we're trying to say is Choshech is the opposite, and therefore or is what we're saying, not Choshech. Same thing when we say Chodesh Baruch is alive. Light in the sense that we talk about physical life doesn't apply to Hashem. It's not the way Hashem lives. But uh, what we mean is that as opposed to other things which are dead, so we're saying Hashem is not dead. We're saying we call it Hashem is alive. Now, we said this is the way that the Pashtunim Arishanim explained concepts which we refer to in terms of Hashem, which we don't mean the same thing that these concepts mean on the physical, on the physical level because they don't apply to Hashem. We saw last time that the Nefesh Shachayim and the Ramchal and others really, really it's the influence of Kabbalah, and that is that these things mean exactly what we say. Just the way we refer to life in the spiritual sense means one thing, the way we refer to life in the physical sense means something different. And therefore we mean Hashem is alive, 100%. Except not the life that we have here, we mean it in the spiritual sense. Similarly, we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu an R. Again, we mean that. We don't mean just to say that he's not Choshech. But this, is a, this was the revelation really, this was the gilly of understanding the terminology of Nista, which the Kuzari doesn't go with, and therefore he's going to always refer to it as being a Lashon Mushal to say that we refer to Hashem as opposed to other things. And let's explain what he means by the second part of his statement. What does he mean by as opposed to other things? Right? Why do we have to put, put the, uh, so to speak, two things on the stage that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not like something else? Right? So the answer is, and this is the shit of the Rambam also, but the Rambam elaborates in more detail. We're going to see the Chachm of Gizari mentions it in passing, but we see this is said in much more detail in the and that is, Lahavdil. We're comparing HaKadosh Baruch Hu to what every, any other nation or religion called their God. And therefore, when you're trying to talk about Hashem, which we could, which could arguably be what we call Hashem, what we call our God, as opposed to any other tribe or nation or religion, we talk about what they call a God. So we're trying to show in what way do we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is superior, different. Now, it's not just a choice of you know, this nation is this God and these are those. We said no. The, the others don't compare. But uh, we see the Pesukim already do this. So the contrast between the other nations' beliefs, what they believe is as a power, as a God, and we say, but we're different. We, we, we see HaKadosh Baruch differently. Now, therefore, the Ramam explains that this, con- this concept of contrast is that we consider the Avodah to be dead. Like we say, very amazing that it's something which is dead, and by contrast, Hashem is alive. The same thing, we consider it to be something which is no koyach, and by contrast, Akadosh Baruch Hu is koyach. So, when we're talking about Hashem in the terms of lafuki, the negative, what we mean is the negative we would apply to our desire. Now, this is something which needs to be explained. Something which needs to be explained, we've spoken about this before. I want to go revisit the topic because we're going to see it in more detail here, in more depth. And that is, like the Maram Shiv explains in the Gemara, and this is a double parshat, no uh, ideology, no Gaurish religion ever believed that the statues that they had carved out of wood or stone or metal or whatever they were making out of really had for spiritual power. They also knew they had made it out of 
an inanimate object. So no one, no one really believes that because I now crafted a piece of wood into the shape of a person, I bow down to it, it's going to do something for me. Right? Maybe the Hamoinam, who later on just followed whatever the dictates of the religion were, believed that. But it's, it's, it's as logical as saying that Christians today believe that the cross, the symbol of it, does something for them. But it doesn't. So what was Ella, what was it meant to do? So we saw earlier, it was, a, it was meant to represent something. It was meant to represent something, because I himself explained by Rikos, that just like, for example, when he said the Egyptians worshipped the sheep, it wasn't the, the weak and ineffectual animal called the sheep because it can't do very much for you. It was the muzzle of the sheep, the muzzle tleh. What they used here was just a medium in order to relate to the muzzle there. Just like Israel, following in this mindset, made the same mistake when they brought the eagles off. Like the Ramban explains, they weren't worshipping the eagle. They wanted to use it as a medium to connect to something else. And therefore the statue or the idol or the animal or whatever other physical object was being worshipped wasn't being worshipped because people saw it as having power. It was being worshipped because people thought that was a way to connect to the source of the power. And if that's the case, this could be saying before. So then, what's the contrast? We're not comparing a dead statue to Chassidrom to Hashem. That's not a comparison. But even they didn't think that. We're comparing what they thought the Kayak that they were accessing in Shemayim as opposed to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And if that's the case, then maybe there was a Kayak in Shemayim they were trying to access. So what's the comparison of this is different to that? Here we come back to the understanding what, what they were trying to what when the psukim were trying to explain the contrast between the two of them. So, for example, when he's, when we talk about when we talk about uh, an idol as being dead, let's let's, exa- let's exa- give that as an example first. So, I'm reading his lashon again. He says, we're still holding in the Chafel's answer at the beginning of Shahashani. He says, Things can't be alive or dead. Things, natural natural beings in this world. But for something which is Hashem, something which is divine, is, is a way uplifted, is way above that. And therefore, if we say it's alive, we don't mean it's alive if we are alive. What we mean by life is human life. When we're talking about Kaddish Baruch's concept of Chaim, we don't know what that means. So what do we say when we say, As we say as in contrast to the Elohim Mecherim of the Goyim, which we call Mesim, so we're saying, we call Kaddish Baruch as being Chaim. But like we said, what's the comparison? So he has formal words. What it means, they don't have ability to do anything. Now, the way, there's a very interesting Mahamshif on the Gemara that explains this point. And he says, when we talk about the idols as being dead, as being dead, like he said, not because they were the source of the power, but even on what the Goyim believed, that they were. Uh, Kandi, a way to connect to that source of power. So the argument of the David Amalek and Tehillim is that if this is the source which life is going through, it should be alive as well. If this, if life is going through this medium, why don't you see it doing anything? Why don't you see it being alive? Right? For example, we also have a medium like that. We don't approach Hashem through that medium, but the medium is there. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends things down to this world, He sends them through Malachim. Right? And the way that what we spoke about in Nefshachayim and Adavadim, the way that things come from the Kodesh Baruch Hu down to this world is through the agency of the Malachim. 
as a system, Hashem sends them down to this world. The Malachim are alive. The Malachim can move, the Malachim can talk, the Malachim can sing, the Malachim can see, the Malachim can hear. They're active. If they're the way which is bringing things down, Hashemayim to us, so we see that they're carrying life by the fact that they are alive. As opposed to, when we're talking about the the fee, the way the Goyim understood, and that they understood their statue, their idol, was a conduit for life, so why isn't it alive? Why is something dead being used as a conduit for life? That, that, that's a theory. Right? Rob said that the Mesamidash also was a conduit for life. The Mesamidash is not alive. The Mesamidash was definitely alive. Not that the fact that the building moved around. We understand that. But uh, with the symbolism of the fact that the Shekhinah was there, of course. Whether it was the fact that the fire kept burning on the Mizbech and on the Menorah, was the fact that the on and of the Shekhinah was there. The Yacham of stayed fresh. Everything which happened in the Beis Hamikdash was a symbol that it was alive. And if you want the inanimate being alive, yes, in the Beis Hamikdash Rishon, on the pasuk, it talks about the vineyard, the, the grapevine, that Shlomo made out of gold, over, which he draped over the walls of the Heichal and produced fruit. It's a gemara precious, right? In uh, in Chagiga, that uh, that and it's only when the time of the Chorban that they dried up, right? So they have something inanimate producing fruit. And what the point of that was, that if this is a source, if this is a conduit for Chiyos, so then it's going to be a land. And if you were, let's just attach this to Parshish Shavu, if you already explained this, you saw it. This was the concept of Mata Aaron. The concept of Mata Aaron, the stick of Aaron, in the sixth Parshish when Moshe puts the sticks for each Shavit, which were dead sticks, it was dry wood, and he puts them all in front of the Aaron Kodesh overnight, and he goes to see in the morning what's going to happen. And what did we expect to happen? They were dead sticks. What was, this, what was it meant to show? What it was meant to show was the conduit is going to come alive. And therefore, if the way that, we, the, 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 the things come down, the void is going to be through iron coin, then the iron stick is going to come to life, which is what it did. It, and we know it blossoms and produces flowers and, and nuts and whatever, shkadim, almonds. What was the point of that nest? The point of the nest was that if iron is being chosen as the one to bring chios down, so you're going to see chios there. And, and that's why it's important that the eagles spoke and ate. And that's exactly why, when every Avodah Zara that which was worthy of its name of being Avodah Zara, they tried to make it do something to show it was alive. So yes, by the eagle they used the whatever kishof they used in order to make it speak. But Nebuchadnezzar, with his with his stat, he also used whatever kishof he used to make it speak. And the idea of that was was to show that it's transferring life. It has something alive about it. Because otherwise it's a stereo. Something dead can't transfer life. And if you want a marshal, we don't understand spiritual things so well, so let's always give the physical marshal, which makes us understand it better. And the marshal I like to use, because it's the nearest to spiritual, is talking about energy. And that is, if I want to transfer electricity, right? So then, yes, I have the, the power station in one place, which is producing electricity. I have the lights over here, which are on. But the cable which is transmitting has to be alive. If you're, transform, if you're transporting power, there has to be a, that the power is doing something on the way. You can't have a dead wire which is transporting a live current. It doesn't work. If, if this is this transfer of power, then I'll see power along the way. At any stage along the way, I'll put on my... My amp meter. Right? Or I'll put on a thing. It will pick up the power because this is the current of life. It's a live, it's a live current. Right? And therefore you see the same thing. If, the, if this was meant to be the means of, of transfer of chios, where's the chios? Where's the chios? It's not, no one's believing that the Eglazov or the only idol is producing chios. But you say it's transferring chios, where is it? Why do you see the chios there? Right. And therefore, when talking about the Lekim Chaim, the way the Chazar explains it, the Ram explains the same thing. And that is, we mean La'afuki. La'afuki with the Goyim, which they, whatever they claim that they were doing, we don't see chios. We don't see doing anything. We see that they're bowing down to dead idols. And therefore, we say that there can't be, this is the source of anything which is coming down. La'afuki. 
We're talking about Kodesh Baruch so then we see what he does. It causes that. There's a certain kayak. Right. We were supposed to warn them to those people with Loi and Maisa that if they retract that transference of life, there would be they should be active also. There should be some sign of life. Right. The Ikebad should be some sign of life. And the Maisa, they could do something. Right. We saw the Pasuk says in the Hilip. Right. We don't see that. Uh, we don't see that they have any sign of life, so therefore we can't understand that this is an accurate way or a real way to transfer something which is a life. Fine. So that's what we spoke about last time. Now it's not about another concept, and this is also a concept. The point that he's going to talk about is uh, something which the Rishonim all um, took great pains to try and explain. But it's something which they, they had a very big difficulty with. Again, for the way they understood the Sugya. And that is we refer to Hashem as Hashem Echot. Hashem is one. Because what do we mean by one? And since we first with the Kazari says, and we'll, we'll, we'll hear the so to speak, the echo of what the Chayvah Salvavus in Arichus God and Shara Yichud has a very great difficulty in trying to explain in the Rambam also in Marina Bukhid. There is Valdera Chazen Namra Echo additionally when Aribui. When you say Hashem means one, one means not two. It doesn't mean what we call one. What we call one is What we call one, we call a composite. When everything fits together into one unit, Went to one hole, that's called one. Kashet Taimar Etzim Echod, Yad Echod, that one item or one hand, whatever it is, or Maim Achod, one thing of water. Over Taimar Bazman, Al Derech Ademir, and Begufam is Davik, the same thing we said about time. Yoy Mechod Vashana Achas. That's not really one. Even if you can talk about one hand, but the one hand is made up of bones and, and sinews and blood vessels and muscles and nerves and skin and nails and hairs, whatever else is going to be in a hand. And a day is made up of the hours and the minutes and everything else. You call it one. One just means it's, it's all become one. It has an umbrella of one unit. Right? It's like call it one family. One family can be a hundred people. But they're all together in some kind of framework unit of one. Right? And now all the Rishonim had a great difficulty. that people would think that that's what you mean when you say Hashem Echad. Because if that's the case, you could call Chas Vashalem. They do all kinds of different kaychas working there. But they all work together, so there's like it's a composite one, right? Just like you can say the have one government. But in the one government, you have lots of different people, lots of different departments, and lots of different interests. But they're working in the one framework, one company. So if you talk about Hashem as being one in that sense, that doesn't mean anything, because you're just saying that there could be lots of different items or lots of different elements with or subsets within that bigger that bigger whole. And therefore, what the Chavos Alvava says, Barichus, is that there's something called the Echad which means one which is an indivisible one. He's trying to explain this point. He's trying to explain this point. And that is that one which is a composite one doesn't refer to Hashem because it's not true by Hashem. Right? Masha'en, when we talk about Hashem, we're talking about a new concept of one. And that is one which is not divisible. Not one which is joined together, but one which can't be divided. And that's what Ibarich Eskodli tries to explain. The Kuzari, the Chacham, just says what you mean by one is not two. What does he mean by that? Is there any, any uh, says that we can't find a dimension to such a thing. Because everything physical is going to be made up of smaller items which can be broken down into. It's just a question of how much we understand how to break things down. So even in one, in one item, one unit, there are lots of cells. In one cell, there are lots of strands of DNA. In one strand of DNA, there are lots of atoms. It, can be, it keeps being broken up more. We can go as far as we know right now. That will also be broken down with amino acids, proteins, whatever it's going to be. There are always ways to break things down. We don't know everything. But that's what it is. We're talking about a concept which doesn't have a parallel. 
and then it's an indivisible one. That's his mahalach. What the, what the Gazari was to say is we're saying it's production shlita. One means not two. And what do we mean by that? What we mean by that is one is a new site. Again, they come in a focus from Avodah Zara. And that is the way that Avodah Zara works. Right? And the way that the Bala Avodah Zara also understood things work is that there's different powers. And we can play the one against the other one. Right? They don't work together. And therefore, if we have a way to influence this, then we'll get from that, even though there'll be opposition from a different one. And if we can work with this Kayach, then we'll get from it, even though the other Kayach doesn't want to give us. Right? The, 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 the way that the, the, the world view of the Bala Avodah Zara was that there was different kaychas which they could work with, and you can choose one and not the other one. So I'll work with this, and he'll give me, even though the other one doesn't want to give me. And this is something which Aliyah Mazah, the Avodah still believe in, and um, put in that category, even the Christians. Right? Even Christian theology is not one, it's a number. And they're different, they're different things, and you can work with one or not the other one. And then they're in the concept of the Satan, what they call, in their words, Lucifer, but it doesn't make a difference. The idea is it's a different kaychas, so it's this against that. Which was the mindset of Avodah Zara. They're different kaychas working, and you choose the one you want to work with, and you like you vote for him against the other one. You work with this one against that one, and that's what he says. Because uh, that's that's the shlita. We come to say that Kaddish Baruch there's no such thing. There's no other kaych. There isn't a, a second a second side, a second option. That one means in the sense that there isn't anything else. Not that we call one that is all therefore all working together. We call one in the sense that there's nothing else to return to. Right. Again, this is the way that the Chacham the Gazari explains it, as opposed to the, the Chayyus Lavavos who coins this new phrase of Echad Apashat, an indivisible one which we don't have in this world. He's not going that far. He's just saying we mean not to. Oh, he's just coming Lafuki. Lafuki. Yeah, you could you could go to this for Echad Apashat. He doesn't talk about that. He just says Lafuki. Lafuki. As opposed to the other who believe that there was a range of Kaychus and you can choose which one you want to work with. We don't believe in the range of Kaychus. There's only one source of everything. And the focus of what other people thought, but many we said there's only one. There's only one Hashem. Right. You should take us back to the light with the... The slides, lots of slides. If you believe in the light, there's only one. And that's what he says. We say he's first. Not that Hashem is based on time. But that means things, nothing happened before him. Right. That's what he says. That means things, nothing happened before him. Hashem is the last, again, that's a time-based thing. There's no time by Hashem. What you mean is there's nothing after him. These aren't talking about Hashem himself. It's like we said, it's just coming It's coming to to say that what the other if they were desire believed in, we don't accept, which would be the opposite the opposite opinion. Once again, once again, if you go to the Musag of Kabbalah, so these things mean what they say. These things mean what they say. When we say Hashem is Echod, we're not talking about Echod in terms of physical things like we were talking about before. We're talking about Echod in the fact that it's a... that even when we're talking about spiritual levels, we talk about Midas of Hashem, we talk about whatever different Anhag Hashem is running the world. But Lemaisa, we talk about the Kaya that Hashem is, like we said, correctly, it's the Mashal Kabbalah, that the light behind this light. the light. The Kaya Elyon is one. He chooses to act in different ways. But the ways he chooses to act aren't different koichas. There's the koich, koich when has Hashem's decision to act in a certain way, he has the option how to act. It's not, it's not, that, the, it's not that the middles of Hashem have koich. So we mean that what we say. Hashem is echot. There's only one source of koich. Now, Hashem has options. He wants to act like Gvori, he wants to act like he wants to act like Hestapon, he wants to act like he wants to act like this, he wants to act like that. But none of those things are acting. Those are ways Hashem chooses to act. 
But the shoresh is always echad. Oh, we're talking about a composite of lots of atoms? That's physical. The idea of lots of things happening is a physical concept. We don't talk about Hashem in a physical sense. We're talking about the shoresh, and the shoresh is only one. Right. So again, that's something the same you said applies in Ruchnius. It means actually what it says. So let's go and talk about tonight. Then tomorrow he talks about one more case, which he talks about the same Shakai, which we'll see tomorrow and then we'll, at the end of the session.